Welcome to the Kegel Room, a podcast for women of color to learn all the things you didn't learn about pelvic health, from sex to childbirth, pain, fitness, and then some. I'm your host, Dr. Camille Siegel, a licensed pelvic floor physical therapist. Let's get right to it. Welcome to another episode of the Kegel Room. Today, I am privileged to have the opportunity to speak with Dr. Danielle Bailey. She's the owner of 360 Health and Wellness Services in Texas. She's a pelvic floor physical therapy and she also provides functional medicine. And when we get to chatting with her, we'll find out a little bit more about what exactly that means and how that can help everyone basically. So she is speaking with us today about bowel health during pregnancy because if you've ever been pregnant, we all know what happens to our bowels. Things just kind of change. So let's talk about that today with Dr. Danielle. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So I'm excited to speak about this because we We've done a podcast about pregnancy, prenatal and postpartum pelvic floor. And it was just like general overall type stuff. And we've also talked about constipation overall. But now we get to dive a little bit deeper into this particular topic. So I'm really excited about it. But before we get into that, can you share a little bit about yourself and what got you into pelvic floor PT and functional medicine? Absolutely. Well... I am married to an amazing husband. We've been married for about six and a half years, and we have three children, five, three, and six months, Mm -hmm. and we are a busy, busy, busy family, (laughs) I have to say, (laughs) just being a mom of three, Uh, but I've been a physical therapist for 10 years, and of the 10 years, five of them, I've been doing pelvic floor physical therapy and really, really enjoy that. And what got me into that actually was when a a coworker of mine, she was going on a maternity leave and the hospital, which was great, they really did provide opportunities for people that were per diem therapists or work as needed. And so she said, hey, I'm going to have my baby and was wondering if you would be interested in covering my pelvic floor patients. And so I was like, yeah, because I kind of always had an interest for it. Um, it started mm-hmm. in under in uh, grad school, but now I had the opportunity to actually practice it. And so I took a class to prepare me for the caseload of patients that I was going to be seeing. And through that experience of just seeing those patients on a regular basis, I was like, this is pretty cool. So that's really what got me into it. Um, I was covering for someone and Through that experience, I absolutely fell in love because of just the importance of educating people on different issues they may experience with the pelvic floor and how quickly those issues were resolved. That's what got me interested in pelvic floor. And uh, in terms of functional medicine, through my experience of just working with patients, I felt like I I wanted to provide them with more than just the physical therapy. If you're coming in for you know, knee pain, I didn't just want to treat the knee, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to look at other things that the patient may be um, incorporating in their lifestyle that could use some change. And so my interest for functional medicine came in that I said, you know what, I want to provide my patients with the absolute best service I can. And I knew that I could do that through functional medicine because with functional medicine, 
our goal is to really look at the root causes of someone's issue, the root cause of their symptoms through lifestyle changes, um, using specialized labs, as well as uh, food and nutrition. And those things combined really do help an individual make a difference in terms of their chronic symptoms that they're experiencing. So that's what got me into functional medicine. Um, and I love how I'm able to gel both PT and functional medicine together for my patients. Yeah, I think that's a great skill set to have because I already think pelvic floor PT, even just PT in general, is pretty holistic. And with pelvic floor PT, we're taking it a step further and it's just like even more holistic than general physical therapy. But then adding on functional medicine on top of it, it's like you can't get any more holistic than that, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're definitely yes. looking more as more at the whole person. I always have to explain to people that pelvic floor PT isn't just dealing with the pelvic floor. We look at the whole person because everything right. is going to affect everything else. Yeah. And functional medicine is, lends itself very well to that. Absolutely. Well, let's talk more about pregnancy and bowels. <laughs> bowel yeah. <changes. laughs> yes. So what I is mean... happening? <laughs> What's going, What's going on? on? <laughs> Um, it's funny. I have a client right now I'm working with and she's like, I just don't like this because I'm not used to this. Tell me what's going on. Um, so, you know, one of the things, you know, with pregnancy, there comes a lot of changes to a woman's body. And one of the things that really affects bowel health and what I would say having normal bowel movements is the change in hormonal levels. Um, it happens in pregnancy and it causes the intestines to actually slow down the movement of stool through the bowel. And so um, when we say bowel, we, we also, it's interchangeable with, with um, intestine or colon. Mm -hmm. And so when this happens, it causes a, this delay increases the amount of water that the colon absorbs from the actual stool. And it just makes it more difficult for um, stool, solid stool to pass. And so that's what makes it more difficult for women in that we have a decrease in our motility. Something else that happens with pregnancy, we all love our prenatal vitamins. Well, depends on if you can hold them in, keep them down rather. <laughs> right. Um, You're not vomiting every day. <laughs> right. And there are some prenatal vitamins that have a lot of iron in them because some women mm -hmm. during pregnancy, you may have mm -hmm. um, a need for taking more uh, iron supplementation. And sometimes that can cause constipation as well. So yeah. it can cause the stool to harden, to become more blackened. And that again will cause an uh, increased ability to have difficulty with passing stool. So those are two things. And then finally, we just think about, you know, with the anatomical changes that happen when you have the uterus that gets bigger throughout pregnancy, it can actually put some pressure on the bowel, making it harder for stool to pass through those through the intestines. So there's a few things that happen during pregnancy right. that definitely contribute to that decrease in motility and that constipation that a lot of women may experience. Yes. I always tell pregnant women to get it under control now, <laughs> especially early in the pregnancy, because it's only gonna get worse or it can get worse because you only get bigger. You're not getting any smaller. You only get yeah. bigger. Yes. So get it under control now so it's not <laughs> an issue. And then especially 
after you have the baby, that first poop is the scariest poop ever. Yeah. At least (laughs) you hopefully will be like on point with your water and your fiber and everything that you're doing. So that first poop isn't as scary. Right. Right. Was it scary for you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Scary for me, right. It's the scariest thing ever. It's scary. The first the first <laughs> baby, I was like, oh, I, I literally had to like call my husband to hold my hand. I was so scared. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then I think the second and third baby, I was like, I got this. I know what's right. going to happen. So right, I was right, all exactly. good. But <laughs> yeah. And you were already a PT at that point and doing pelvic floor PT. Right. So that helped quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It did. Yeah, my it first, did. I was not a PT. I didn't even get into school. Well, I got into school. I didn't start it yet. So even though I had a C-section still, yeah, <laughs> I was in labor yes. and I got to like seven centimeters. Yes. But that first poop was so scary. I had a nurse there like holding me while I was crying and I was like, this is so embarrassing. But like, I didn't even care at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, help me, hold me. Right. Yeah. And yeah. with my other two kids, I was already a PT, so I already knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any issues during the pregnancy because I made sure I got that under control. Yeah. <laughs> and afterwards as well, because of what I know. So right. hopefully after this, all the pregnant women listening <laughs> will know <laughs> what we know. So it's not an issue. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So between anatomy, right? The uterus gets bigger and it squishes the rectum and pushes the bowels, the intestines out of the way. So it's harder for things to pass through. You have hormones taking longer for food to pass through. More water is being removed, which makes you more constipated. What can physical therapy and even functional medicine do? What is it that you do to help women? So there's a few strategies. One, I always recommend to drink more water. Um, that's very, very important. Um, drink even more than what you were doing before pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one thing I recommend is just your water intake, that it's adequate enough so that you are getting the amount of hydration that your body needs. Uh, another tip that I give my patients is to use uh, what we call a squatty potty. Um, which is like a little stool that you can put around the base of your toilet. If you don't have a squatty potty, you can even use, if you have um, other children in your home that are toddlers, you can use their little step stool. But I encourage women to uh, sit on the toilet so that your knees are above your hips at like an angle so that you're mimicking like squatting, you know, back in the day when we used to go to the outhouse to use the restroom, we would, they would, we would squat, right? And so we want to stimulate that same type of position while you're on the toilet. And that also helps with uh, the passage of the stool to be a little bit easier because you don't want to strain if you're having a bowel movement because that actually does damage to the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So water intake, um, definitely positioning yourself on the toilet appropriately. Another thing that I um, encourage my patients to do is a self-abdominal massage. And so I teach them how to do basically a massage where they're starting from one side, from right to left, kind of going up, across, and down. And and that's very helpful for some clients as well because it just kind of helps move things a little bit better. 
So those are some strategies that I recommend, you know, water positioning and then do some self massage techniques. Yeah. Okay. So can we go back to the water for a second? Yeah. What do you recommend? Cause I know there's some debate about that. <laughs> like how much yeah. you drink, right? And I feel yeah. like everyone says something different. So what do you do? What do you tell your patients? Yeah. So that is a very debatable question. It's different during pregnancy because obviously you can gain up to 35 pounds or more during pregnancy, but I recommend at least drinking half of your normal body weight. That's Mm -hmm. kind of my, my baseline drink, um, half your body weight. Um, but I think in ounces, correct. In ounces. So that's pretty much what I recommend as you get a little bit bigger. I shouldn't say, I don't know if bigger is the right term, but (laughs) as as your weight increases with pregnancy, um, I don't really have a specific protocol for how many ounces of water to drink with each pound of weight. But I just say, hey, drink your baseline and then kind of monitor how you're feeling and drink more water on top of that. You know, it might be an extra cup of water. um, Do that. Um, I also recommend putting like lemon in your water because that helps with sluggish bowels too. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's another good thing. Just put, you know, squeeze some lemon in your water and that can help as well. Uh, But definitely baseline, half a body weight in ounces and then increase as your body needs it. Yeah, I think I do something similar as well. I will, I will say, you know, half your body weight in ounces and once they're pretty consistent with that, then I will say, you know, I just monitor how you feel. Your body will let you know when you're thirsty. But if you feel thirsty, it's too late. Right. Now you gotta do catch up. And then you just, you have to see for yourself, like, okay, I only drank six cups and I still feel thirsty tomorrow. I'm going to do seven. Right. You, know, you have to self-regulate because every body is different and you have to see how it worked for you. Someone may be used to drinking a whole bunch of water and they might need more on top of that. So and someone may not be used to drinking any water at all and it's going to be harder for them, but their body is going to tell them sooner that their thirst is no longer there just because right. their body's not used to that. So you kind of just have to self-monitor. But yeah, yeah. I tell them definitely after you've reached the have your body weight announces, just see how you feel at that point. But I also suggest too, that it's good practice for when you do have the baby, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to be nursing, because guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need a lot of water. You're going to yes. need to increase your fluid intake when you're nursing. But if you're yeah. already doing it during pregnancy, not much has changed. You've already prepared and prepped your body for that. So at least, you know, if you're taking in adequate amounts of fluid and you're still having lactation issues you know it's not a fluid intake issue then at least you can get that addressed maybe faster because I don't know I'm not a lactation consultant but at least the fluid is not the problem right you can rule that out exactly you can definitely narrow it down maybe much better than that do you recommend any fiber Yeah, definitely eating um, lots of fruits and vegetables during pregnancy. Some individuals, I'll I'll tell them, you know, I think having a probiotic is great to take during pregnancy. And so I recommend that. Fruits, vegetables, apples are really, really great, um, are a good source of fiber. And so by doing that, that's going to help increase the motility as well. And fruit and vegetables also have water content. So at least they're getting some water content there as well. 
And of course, all of this depends on whether they can eat fruits and vegetables without gagging. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I will say during at least two of my pregnancies, I was only sick during two out of the three. And one of them, I could only eat cold vegetables and fruits. That's all wow. I wanted. So yeah. I was definitely getting my fiber because that's all I could keep down. I couldn't keep down anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your body will talk to you and tell you what right. you need. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely made sure because you had mentioned the iron before I made sure that the iron supplement that I took would not contribute to constipation. So mm-hmm. I was able to manage it then. And I also recommend the squatty potty too. Yeah. It's yeah. like my favorite thing. It works. <laughs> it works. And then going back to the massage. So we talked about the massage before, like how to do the massage. Mm -hmm. Is it different for women who are pregnant because there's a uterus and a baby in the way? Um, Yeah, I think you'll you'll alter the technique a little bit in terms of um, where your hand is placed because you you have a big belly in front, but you still follow the direction of that large intestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that doesn't change, but cause everything's kind of enlarged, um, not so, so much your colon, but your belly's enlarged. So you got to go around the baby and mm-hmm. just kind of get to the colon. So, um, it changes a little bit because there's a big belly, but technique is the same, okay. um, in terms of where your hand is placed and, and things of that nature. Okay. I've never actually tried that with pregnant women just because the belly's in the way. Mm -hmm. So I I will do all the other things. I'll recommend the squatty potty. We'll talk about water and fiber. And I do have a kinesio taping technique that I will use as well, which is also great for kids. I will use that if I need to, but usually I don't even need to, to do that because between the squatty potty, the fluid intake, and the fiber intake, that usually gets things under control. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about what's normal and what's not, because that comes up a lot in pelvic floor PT. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's a lot of things out there where people are told that it's normal, but it's not. It's common, but it's not normal. So when it comes to pregnancy and bowels, What's normal, what's not, what's common? It's kind of a challenging question only because I feel like with my pregnant patients that I have, people vary in terms of their presentation. Um, It's very, very common to experience constipation. Um, However, in our normal selves, our normal bodies, we don't want to be constipated. We need bowels to get moving. So it's not normal to be constipated, but during pregnancy it is. So what can we do? What strategies can we use to help minimize the constipation? So very common to have it, but not normal to just be constipated just to be constipated. And so that's why we try to intervene with effective um, techniques to kind of help minimize that. So it's, it's very common to be constipated. Now, after pregnancy, things kind of will normalize a little bit, but I feel like the question of what's common and normal kind of happens a lot postpartum because some people may experience um, issues like uh, incontinence and uh, urinary incontinence, fecal fecal incontinence. And they're like, well, I had a baby, so this should be normal. 
um, mm-hmm. after I have a baby. And no, it's common to happen, but this is not how you should live for the rest of your life. Right. And so I think the importance of seeing a physical therapist during pregnancy helps to address those issues that could happen after pregnancy to help minimize them. And I think that every pregnant woman, every pregnant woman should go see a pelvic floor physical therapist because there's so much that you can avoid, so much you can minimize in terms of those things that we say, oh, this is normal. I just had a baby. Mm-hmm. No, it's common, but mm-hmm. let's use some techniques to help minimize these issues because you don't need to be living like this for the rest of your life. You can live without peeing and pooping and feeling constipated for the rest of your life. So, you know, to, you know, more so answer that question, it's, yeah, I'm constipated, but I don't have to be like this the whole pregnancy too. Yeah, that's kind of what I would say is, is common. I mean, it's common to experience pain and feel tired and those types of things. But again, we use strategies to help minimize those symptoms during pregnancy with physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Have you come across anyone who was the total opposite? They were not constipated, but their bowels were just looser. During pregnancy? Mm-hmm. I haven't. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure it does. Typically in my patient population, I will experience that more postpartum than uh, during pregnancy. So I haven't had one. That would be a great experience for me to have. But (laughs) I do see the moms after having the baby that are now having the opposite issue where they're leaking stool. And so we work to kind of um, help help that. Yeah. I I asked that question because I did have a pregnant woman recently who of course, I asked about constipation because it's, you know, it's, it's common. Mm-hmm. And she said she wasn't constipated. She was having the opposite problem. Her bowels mm-hmm. were more loose. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. But then I thought back to my pregnancy and I kind of had that same, I didn't want to say issue, but I was okay with it because maybe it was because I was increasing my fiber and I was increasing my water intake and there wasn't anything else going on. I was also increasing my probiotics. You mentioned probiotics as well. I was increasing my probiotics and I, and I do recommend probiotics as well for women during pregnancy because it helps them to not be constipated. But then maybe, I don't know how much research there is for this, but maybe it will help with, you know, one of the tests that you have to do during pregnancy is the GBS test. Mm -hmm. And my midwives and OBs have always recommended taking probiotics mm-hmm. just in case it is. I always end up being positive. It just lives in my body, yeah. but maybe it will help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It might help for someone. It never helps yeah. me, but apparently yeah. it helps some people. So it serves a couple purposes in taking the probiotics. But I was wondering if that's what was happening with her as well, because she started taking probiotics. If her bowels were more on the loose side. And they said, you know, it's better to be on the loose side. It wasn't like diarrhea or anything, but it's better mm-hmm. to be loose and softer than constipated. Like you don't yeah. want that. Right. If it's diarrhea, then that's something else. Right. Yeah. It could be what she was taking to kind of help um, improve the motility that can make the, the stool consistency softer. And there's, you know, there are, there is something called paradoxical constipation where you think you're constipated, 
you think you have diarrhea, but it's really constipation when you have that liquidy stool, which is um, as a result of the straining that goes on with using, with having a bowel movement. So that can kind of be tricky, but like you said, it's good to kind of question uh, what are they taking? Is it the probiotics, you know, um, in that it helps to change that consistency of the stool, stool where people think I am having diarrhea, you know? So, yeah. Can we talk about that paradoxical constipation? Is it similar to kids? Because we did talk about children and constipation before, and I know it's common in children and parents will say, oh, my kid's not constipated. They go every day. Actually, they have diarrhea every day. And it's like, well, no, they could be a sign of constipation because they have more stool in their rectum and it's just hard and too large to pass and the incoming bowels has nowhere else to go so it kind of just seeps around it and leaks out and if they're having staining in their underwear or they have poop accidents or they're having diarrhea that is a sign of constipation is that similar that's the same thing yep it happens in adults yeah Okay. That's the exact same thing. Yep. Are you also under the belief, because I am, <laughs> that mm-hmm. constipation in adults stems from childhood? Not, Not necessarily. Always, <laughs> yeah. I think it can. Um, I know individuals that have had constipation all their lives. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can part- remember when I was, you know, seven years old, I always felt constipated. So I do have people that say they've had it all their lives. Um, some people, they could have some trauma that goes on in their adult life that could be causing that constipation where they just are always straining to have a bowel movement. They just can't get it out. Um, it could be an emotional trauma that's happened that can contribute to that constipation. And so I think it just kind of varies from individual to individual in terms of, you know, does it stem from childhood or is it something new? that's happening in my adult life. Yeah, I think, you know, as a, as a therapist, um, it's important to not just be pelvic floor centric, where you just look at the pelvic floor, like you mentioned earlier before, mm-hmm. um, but what you, where you really look at the whole person, you look at their lifestyle, you look at what affects them emotionally and, and what they're going on, what's going on in their life, because that does play a role in the pelvic floor and how the pelvic floor functions. Leading off of that, as far as physical therapy and functional medicine, is there anything that you recommend other than what we've discussed already that someone can do to optimize bowel health? Yeah. So with pregnancy, um, those are pretty much the strategies that I teach my pregnant clients. Now, you know, if it's someone that has had constipation prior to pregnancy and it's a very a chronic issue, mm-hmm. that's where after pregnancy, I will recommend them to come and see me for functional medicine where we can actually do a stool analysis. And with the stool analysis, we can look at your gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, is there um, any bad bacteria in your gut? We all have, bac- we need to have good bacteria, but is there bad bacteria in your gut? Is there yeast? What's going on with um, the different markers in your stool that might be contributing to why you're constipated? So I don't typically recommend pregnant patients to do functional medicine for that issue for constipation. 
um, you know, during pregnancy. But afterwards, I say, hey, let's look at this a little bit deeper and mm-hmm. find out what's going on with your GI system and find out what these lab results may inform us of what we need to change in your diet and with supplementation in order to help improve your chronic constipation. I'm interested in hearing more about that. So I've had personal experience with that, not me, but my, my family, my children. We've had all the above. Bad bacteria, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeast, yeah, poor gut health, yeah. constipation issues. You know, you do the the stool sample, you find out what's going on. I'm going to assume that the treatment is going to be different based on what you find, right? Absolutely. There's not one straight protocol for anyone. Um, that's kind of the beauty behind functional medicine is that it's yeah. completely customizable for you as a person. It's not just a, you're going to get on this supplement. You're going to get on this diet. It's okay, based on what we see with your specific gut health, I see that, you know, we need to work on this. This is what we need to change. Let's get on this diet. And it's just amazing the results that people will see um, within just a few visits of changing some things with their, with their diet. Yeah, yeah, with their gut health. We've, we've definitely gone the functional medicine route with the kids. Yeah. One had yeast, so we had to cut that and it was interesting because this was three years she was three years old and she still had yeast and I knew we had a yeast problem the day she was born Mm. and it just continued for that whole time and we thought we had it under control finally at six months but apparently not it was still within her system three years old we did a stool sample And we had to get that. We had to take care of it. So we had to change her diet. We had to cut out yeast and anything the yeast would feed on and kill the yeast. Eventually, we did get it under control. With my other kid, we had constipation issues and no good bacteria and all bad bacteria. That was a lot more difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Because we had to clear out the bad bacteria, put in some good ones. Do, oh man, we had to do the whole works. Yeah. So I'm very appreciative of functional medicine and I yes. know it does work. And it was nice to have something different because we were going from doctor to doctor. These kids have these issues and no one was taking me seriously. And I'm like, but this isn't okay. You know, this is, I don't think this is okay. And I think as far as women and moms, we tend to do this with ourselves. We have these issues, but we don't address it, but we do mm-hmm. in our children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or we, we say we'll deal with it later, or maybe it will correct itself later, but it's yeah. not really going to do that. So I, I definitely see the benefit of functional medicine. And I think that every pregnant and postpartum woman should be seen by pelvic floor physical therapist and at some point of functional medicine as well because it just works so well together. It does. It answers questions that you may have had all your life or you Mm -hmm. may have at that particular time in your life. I mean, there's things you can do like a DNA analysis and see what's in your DNA and what things you can work on now to prevent, help prevent in the future. So there's, it's, it's such a beautiful thing that I um, definitely encourage everyone to do to get on the right track for their health. 
Absolutely. So the beauty of what you do is you offer in person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You do home visits. I do home visits for postpartum visits. Postpartum. Mm -hmm. And you do virtual. Correct. Yes. So if someone could not find a functional medicine pelvic floor PT, does that exist anywhere else? (laughs) (laughs) They can reach out to you because you do offer virtual and you do offer functional medicine. So yes, I think that's great and excellent that you do that. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing people achieve results and um, it worked well for me. I didn't even know I was seeing a functional medicine practitioner when I decided to go see one, but when I realized that what that's what it was, I yeah. was just amazed, like, oh my gosh, all going to all these doctor's appointments and nothing against physicians. We need them in our world to be able to have another perspective. Actually, my physician, my primary care, she told me, I think you need to go see a PCP. Uh, I'm sorry, not a PCP, a holistic doctor. And uh-huh. so that's when I found a functional medicine practitioner. And was amazed at the supplementation they put me on and the diet changes they put me on. It was very, very helpful. It's completely different. I I definitely recommend my patients as well to some integrative doctors and functional medicine as well, because they just look at things differently Yeah, and they're not just going to cover up the symptom. Let's just fix that symptom. They step back and they question, why are we having this symptom, this symptom and that one? And what's the connection between all three of them? Yeah. all the lab tests to figure out exactly how your body is functioning and then what to do about it. Yeah. I highly recommend it. So let's talk a little bit about you more personal. (laughs) What is it that you do for self-care? What are you doing these days? I'll be honest. It's hard (laughs) (laughs) with three kids, right? Three kids, a six month old. I was hoping she would sleep at least six hours a night at this stage. I mean, that's what my other two did. So I had that expectation that she was going to do the same, but she wakes up every three hours and is ready to nurse. She's her own Um, lady. (laughs) Yes. No mommy. But in a perfect world, if Mm -hmm. I am just taking care of me, I like to get up early in the morning. I like to pray and meditate. And I like to go work out either for a jog or um, just a walk around the neighborhood, come back home, shower, and kind of start my day. That's kind of the self-care for me is having that quiet time in the morning because I think a lot of moms, we don't do that for ourselves because we're so involved in caring for everyone else that we're not intentional about, I need some me time. I need Mm -hmm. some time to just be alone, even if it's for an hour or 30 minutes or even 20 minutes. It's great to just take that time to be extremely intentional about breathing, taking it in before you start your day and you give to everybody else. So that would be the self-care for me. I will say before children, I used to have a spa day once a month where I would go and get a facial and a massage Nowadays, I may go once a year, but I'm working on it. I am working on it. Yes. Yes. I hear you. Before COVID, I was working my way up to, I think I ended up at twice a month massages. Mm -hmm. Okay. I started at once a month and I was like, what am I doing to myself? I need this more often. Right. (laughs) I started twice and, and I also started... I was just about to start getting facials as well, but 
COVID. I really miss my massage days. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And as body workers, I mean, we're also body workers too, because we do manual therapy. I think it's important for us to, to be worked on because yeah. we're always hands-on, not always, but I think for what we do, most public floor PTs are hands-on and we need someone else to be hands-on with us because we're doing similar motions using similar muscles and our hands get weak and tired. I started yeah. noticing my joint issues started picking up yeah. my hands and I was like, you know, I need to get this worked out, which is why I bumped it up to twice a month and I had all intentions of going at least once a week. Yeah. <laughs> we will slowly get back to that one day. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. I'm I'm believing that I am. <laughs> but it's nice that you take that time early in the morning for yourself. I am not a morning person mm-hmm. at all. So as much as I would love to get up early and like have some time to myself before all the noise started, that is not going to happen because one, I'm not a morning person and two, my children wake up with the birds. They do. Yeah. They literally wake up when the birds start singing. I'm just like, nope, <laughs> go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a few more minutes. (laughs) I would have to wake up at like 4 a.m., which I am not doing. Right, right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Well, that's nice. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. My pleasure. So is there anything else you'd like to leave everyone with before we end this? Yeah, well, I just want to encourage all the pregnant mamas to, you know, like we just talked about, take care of yourself. Don't ignore the symptoms that you are feeling during pregnancy. They're common to happen, but you can have a more enjoyable pregnancy by truly getting the help you need to help manage your symptoms better throughout pregnancy. So don't ignore it because once you have the baby, it's going to be all about the baby. And so take that time for yourself that you need and take care of your body because your body is so precious and it's something that you just need to really cherish and care for in your health journey. So that's my encouragement to all the moms. That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for joining us in the Kegel Room this week. Be on the lookout for new episodes every other Tuesday on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, or leave us a message. And as always, share with a friend or two. Until next time, sisters, may your pelvic floor be healthy and strong, just like you. Peace.